at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Okay, so we are going to go into our favorite book for the week and uh, my guest this afternoon, this morning, goodness, it has been a long morning already, so I beg your pardon. Tsepo Musiedi is an entrepreneur and has penned a book called Dear Startup Entrepreneur. Tsepo joins me on the line. Tsepo, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Pimelo. I'm good in yourself. So I want you to tell me about your journey. Before we get into this, I want you to tell me about the journey. For many, a little bit unbelievable. Tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I started my entrepreneurial journey at um, the age of 16. Um, So basically, I was still in high school. So um, it was influenced more by my family's background. Um, I couldn't afford a lot of things that my friends would afford. Mm. So it was it was either two things, you know, you work the legal way or you go mm. the illegal route where, you know, life of crime. Mm. So for me, I chose, you know, to say, I chose to open a business and it worked well. And, you know, then and there I said, even after varsity, I'm going to pursue entrepreneurship um, full time, you know, because I was making 250 rands a day and I was at high school and I knew people were way older than me making the same money in a week, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, I was like, entrepreneurship, that's where I'm going. Tsepo, it's, it's one thing to think I want to be a businessman. It's another to think it's dustbins that I'm going to clean. Where did yeah. that idea come from? Um, so basically the idea comes from, you know, like I said, it's more mainly influenced by my family's uh, background. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I saw that um, I also have like a gift when it comes to conceptualization of ideas, mm-hmm. you know, business ideas, you know, and also brand building because, I mean, I was doing uh, flyers with um, A4 papers, mm. you know, when I was still 16 and I was like in the early 2000 and and for me it was there uh, I, I was like okay i'm in i'm in high school and i'm doing this and i remember you know my accounting teacher and my business studies teacher they were like you are very good in this and this is also something that you need to pursue uh I, but the accounting route i was convinced that there's a lot of money yeah. and i went that route and i turned it into a business you know why it's important for me to ask you that question Tepo? because yeah. as 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 you frame your narrative and people are listening and of course you talk to young people who who are aspiring entrepreneurs and you're very clear about what it is that one must identify in themselves about being an entrepreneur the point here is that it takes a special kind of a person to see cleaning dustbins as a business. You know what I'm saying? It's identifying that gap and recognizing that actually maybe nobody else sees this as a business, but I do. Yes, yes. Um, To be honest, also, I I didn't have a choice. And (laughs) so fortunately for me, the dustbin cleaning part as well, um, some of my friends, because I, like growing up, I had older friends. So mm-hmm. my friends, when I was still, uh, I was in grade um, grade eleven, uh, they were done with school. So they are actually the guys who uh, pioneered the business move of has been cleaning. Mm-hmm. They gave up along the way. We we're doing it together. They gave up mm-hmm. along the way, and I I went through with it, you know. But for me, to be honest, I never had a choice, you know. Um, I, I, I like it was between, you know, choosing the illegal way yeah. or the legal way, but I still wanted the nice things, you know, because, you know, growing up in the township, you know, that's how 
<laughs> we are, you know. Um, so for me, it was that I didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I, and and I appreciate that you have though that kind of lens uh, and perspective. Um, the truth is that other people don't, and and they chose the latter that you were trying to avoid. I want you to then identify because that's the point of your book, right? To identify how would one know if they are an, a true entrepreneur? Because you keep saying in the book, you know, it's tough. It's going to be difficult along the way. It's really, really tough. So be very clear. This is what you want to do. Yeah. Um, there's a, well, I, I, there's a misconception that entrepreneurship is easy, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted to really tell people the truth uh, because I'm one of those people as well, you know, who thought entrepreneurship was going to be a walk in the park, especially when I, when I went into it full time. And there were a lot of things that I didn't know um, um, I was supposed to do, things like your etiquette and all of that. But I mean, if, 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 if you believe in it, you know, if you feel it's a, it's a vision and a gift from God, you, you, will, you will definitely know that this is for me, you know. If, if you feel like, when I was employed, and for, for an example, when I was employed, I always wanted to come up with, with ideas. I remember after um, high school, I took a gap year, and fortunately I was employed, I got an internship as a bookkeeper, you know, and I always wanted to come up with ideas on how we can grow the company, you know, come up with sales ideas, come up with operations ideas, but those ideas were crushed, you know. I, I joined another fair, uh, another company, uh, and I was managing that company, the company was making around 80 million, you know, per annum, and for me, I was just only 22, and in that company, they believed in me to run that, comp- uh, that company because they saw the potential that I have. So for me, it's, you, you will see it, you know, you will see it by the way you move, um, you will see it by the ideas that you have. Eventually, it will, it will happen. You know, you talk a lot about how people get it wrong unintentionally and and by missing small things like compliance, making sure that you comply with the regulations, because that's where most people get it wrong. Yes. um, You know, for me, um, starting out uh, my firm, one thing that I saw is that a lot of small businesses are non-compliant, not because they don't want to be compliant, but because they don't know what compliance is. Mm. You know, they just reach their business and whoever, the business consultant or the accountant, they don't tell them about, you know, submitting your CITC returns, submitting your tax returns, as well as, you know, when you have an employee, you need to register them with the Department of Labor, and you find that the company now is in the seven-figure region and the company is non-compliant, you know, that's where, you know, you get SARS coming for them. There's a lot of tax penalty that they need to pay. So I felt like, you know, I, I need to uh, uh, write the book and outline all of these things so that I can help someone who's, you know, starting out uh, in the township or in the rural areas. Because to be honest, you know, as black people, one of um, the things that are are holding us back is lack of information. So mm. I have a platform now where I can share that information. So that's why I wrote about compliance because I because I saw that this is one of the biggest hindrances for um, small businesses and startup businesses. You know, um, a lot of people are listening to you now, and and so much has changed, right? So we've got COVID nineteen. Legitimate good businesses that were doing well are really struggling at the moment. What would be your advice to those startups that that have found themselves, you know, right in the middle of this COVID nineteen and are battling? Look, um, if you're a startup, 
this is the best time for you to to like grow your business. This is the best time for you to capitalize because big businesses are shutting down. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I can see to an extent what COVID did. It, it leveled the playing field a bit. You know, I mean, you look at big retail giants. Um, they are shutting down. They're in business rescue. So if you are in retail or a textile business, this is your opportunity to take the market share. So for me, I would say to you know small businesses and startup businesses to say, don't give up at this point. If you need, if 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 you need to collaborate, collaborate. If you need to get financing, get financing. But this is the best time for you to grow your business. So. The big question that many people would ask, especially a lot of startups, is is always an issue around capital. I want us to go a little bit into that because it's it's the universal problem I think a lot of young South Africans are facing when it comes to capital as 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 young entrepreneurial startups. Um, so. Can you please repeat the question, sorry? I was saying one of the biggest problems that many young uh, startups uh, face in this country is access to capital. Um, and, yes. and how would you advise them when, you know, at this point when they said to you, if they said to you, look, I, I know that I'm doing well, I know we've got potential, I know I've got a big business or a big product, um, and we've got great potential, but I'm battling with accessing capital. All right. Um, so number one, um, what I said, collaborate. So if you have the idea... If you have the, 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 the skills to run the whole region, get someone whom you can collaborate with, can put money. An investor who can take their, who can take a bet on you. So most of the time you find people right now, let's say people have been retrenched. You know, they are going to get their retirement uh, packages and they don't know what to do with those retirement packages. You can get that person to take a bet on you. Um, another thing what you can do, you can look for angel investors. You know, I prefer angel investors more than venture capital. Angel investors are able to walk the journey with you. They are able to open their networks for you. They are able to, and that way you are able to grow your business as well. Or alternatively, you can look at, you know, government institutions. Um, as much as they might take long or <laughs> it might, there might be a lot of red tapes, but to an extent, they also help. But I think top two can be collaborate with someone who has finance mm-hmm. or get an angel investor. So but how, how does one identify an angel investor? There are not many in this country. In other countries, it's, it's really quite a big thing. But there are not many here. How does one identify an angel investor? Um, you can go to business incubators. Um, this, that's where, you know, um, you can find a lot of uh, angel investors because business incubators, they have a database of angel investors. Um, they incubate you and then there's an angel investor who can put money. And angel investors, the advantage is that, you know, when they get you from an incubator, it's easy for them to put money in you because they know now you have been trained and you are able to perform on a high level and the risks of them losing their money are very slim, you know, so go go through a business incubator or maybe you can, you know, Google um, angel investors that are around or look for recommendations. But I would say go through a business incubator, safer that way. Is there a time that you would advise a person to shut the door and and close shop and and just come to terms with the fact that this is not working? Uh, Yes, you know, (laughs) you have to be honest with yourself um, at some point. But for me, I always say, if your gross profit doesn't cover 90% of your operating expenses, shut down. So gross profit at sales minus cost of sales. 
and then that's the, the profit that you have, the gross profit. It's the one that's going to help you to run your, your, your operating expenses. So operating expenses, we talk about rental, you know, petrol, um, we talk about salaries. If, if that can cover 90%, or you can push it to say, if it can't cover maybe 75%, you can have a margin for yourself. Then I can say, shut down or do something. But at least if it can't cover 50% and you're making 50% of the loss, you can subsidize with an overdraft. Then you can look at maybe increasing your sales, doing something. But if still it is, maybe give yourself a year and it doesn't change, then you have to change, you know, uh, change some, uh, something in the business. Either shut down or maybe go and do another business. Tepo Musiedi is the author and the book is called Dear Startup Entrepreneur and it's available just, uh, I mean, you can just Google the book and he can either uh, deliver it to you directly or you can go to any major bookstores. 8.30, it's time for Zai Khan. Good morning, Zai.